Bonjour and bienvenue to Lulabelle's Francophiles. Je m'appelle Lou and this is the place to come to keep your Frenchy vibes going and help you lose yourself in France without even leaving home. In each episode, we chat about our French experiences with guests who live in Australia, France and right around the world and share ideas for how to stay connected to the Francophile within you. Today, my guest is someone who lives right here in Melbourne, Australia, like me, but grew up in France. Natalie Foos is the creator of A French Journey here in Melbourne, where I have been learning French for the last decade or so. Bienvenue to Lulabelle's Francophiles, Natalie. Bonjour, ça va? Bonjour, Lou. Très bien, merci. Alors, Natalie, you were born in France, but now live here, as I said. Where did you grow up? Yeah, well, that's uh, an interesting story. I actually grew up uh, partly in the south of France. So I was mm-hmm. born in Marseille because mm-hmm. uh, my dad is from there. And I lived in Marseille in the area until the age of six or seven. And then I moved to the western part of France, so in Saumur, where my mum is from. Oh. So um, I actually grew up in both regions. And for me, obviously, they are the most beautiful regions of France, but there's so many different regions. Yeah. But uh, that's the ones I know and that kind of close to my heart, I guess. I love Saumur. I travelled there with my family in 2015 yeah. and it's just the most beautiful region. I love it. Yes, it's very nice, isn't it? I grew up actually in a village, maybe you've been there, in uh, Fontevraud. <gasps> Fontevraud is a very small village. It's got a very famous abbey and a big monastery. And uh, that's where I spent probably, f- yeah, about four years of my primary school years and uh, very nice memory. It sounds exquisite. So did you speak English growing up? No, 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 no. Growing up uh, was all French. English was a very, uh, very strange. Uh, I used to actually in front of all the funny thing is because uh, it's a place where, you know, the king, Henry II, was uh, buried. We used to see a lot of English people, visitors and tourists. So I was a young child. And for me, that was always really strange to hear this English sounds and it was all foreign to me completely foreign so uh so yeah we used to have a laugh at you know the the people trying to speak French with their English accents so that was fun at the time but for me that was no we couldn't speak English at all. So how did you come to live in Australia from there? So after I grew up in the country and uh, as most French people do, they usually end up in Paris for the studies or in a bigger city at least. Um, then after that, I continued my studies in London and then I met my husband in London oh. as well. And um, we moved to Sydney first. So it's about 20 years ago now. And so yes. I know Peter, your husband, is Australian. So have you gone back to live for any periods of time in France with your family? Yeah, so I guess um, after about seven or eight years, I was missing it already. But then after a while, you know, we had the kids, the kids were young, and then we tried to plan a time to, uh, the best time to go back so the children could remember as Mm. well. Because we want to make sure they don't just go to France just for touristic you know, place. So to actually leave France, to actually experience the life, the school, the everything. Mm. So uh, we waited a bit. So a few years ago, we decided to spend about six, we spent seven, eight months Mm -hmm. over there. Mm -hmm. 
went to Nice. And why Nice? Because basically the south of France for me is, as I, as I explained before, it's part of my bringing up. You know, mm. I was brought up partly in the south and the south, you know, it's associated with a lot of good memories, family, you know, picking up pine uh, nuts in the tree, uh, having barbecue with pine cones exploding. Mm. <laughs> picking olives at the market all these things and that for me the south of france was very special so i want my kids to to understand that or to experience a bit of this as well so we went to nice it's also a very nice colorful and very lively and and positive place you know mm. it's like nice weather it's a lovely place it's well located next to italy and mm. so we just made the most of it and tried to um, travel around. So we had a great experience. It was nice to reconnect Way. for me. So do your children think of themselves as French or Australian or a bit of both, do you think? Yeah, that's really interesting. Whether I think whether they're more Australian because they're born in Australia and they live most of their time here. Mm. But I think for them it's very special and they see themselves as half French. Mm. First, they speak language mm-hmm. and also I think they have a lot of memories from that time we spent in France from the school from the cousins mm. uh, they spend enough time to leave France to actually experience that lifestyle which they can see is Wait, very to different. be able to see it and imagine it in their mind yeah. is very important yeah. way so Absolutely. do you speak French at home Yes, definitely. We speak Why? French at home. Mm-hmm. Now they're teenagers; they've grown up, so a little bit more reluctant, I'd mm-hmm. say, because you know they have to comply and or uh, be like their friends. Mm-hmm. So it's all probably not very cool when you're fifteen. But uh, but the main thing is they have it. Mm-hmm. They have Why? it, and they will have always have it. So. So it's hard for us all not to be able to travel right now, but imagining our favourite places, like you were saying about the kids, but your kids, being able to imagine being in France and what that's like. For us, being able to imagine our favourite places and talking about it really helps, I find. So apart from where you grew up and you've got two places that now are blocked out, that would be Marseille and Saumur, apart from where you grew up, what is your favourite part of France? Um, okay. Well, actually, I have a lot of places I love in France. So mm. I love I love the Basque Country. I love the Pyrenees. Right. I, I think I love the mountains So and the Alps because my sister lives in the Alps as mm-hmm. well. So I do have uh, quite a few opportunities mm. to go back. And every time I go, I discover new places. So, um, And you and I have travelled in the Basque Country together too, and I oh. loved that region. It was just beautiful, that trip. Yeah, the Basque Country is amazing. So it's it's it does kind of remind me of Nice a little right. bit. Like there's some feel, you know, it's there's the sea, there's the mountain not far. It's colourful, it's lively. Wait, it's not the country version of Nice. Yes, yes, yes. So <laughs> the, Nice is the exciting, flashy one with the flashy lights, and Biarritz is the the country cousin that's kind of homely and gorgeous, and it's more intimate. That's right. Uh, but the Pyrenees in general love the little villages in the Pyrenees. Mm. And even on the other side of the Pyrenees, next to Spain, mm. beautiful. Yeah, so around there, Perpignan and the coast around Perpignan is lovely. So mm. um, so tell me what un parfait jour would be like for you in 
let's just say the Pyrenees? Okay, so, well, in France, I guess, first is going to a market in the morning. Mm. Everywhere I go in France, I have to find a market in the morning. Mm. So it's waking up with a nice coffee and then uh, going to market. So and then experiences that feel of the market in the morning. It's just special. Mm. I love it. Sampling all the produce. It's um, hearing the people talk because every region you get a different accent as well. And you get really that immersion into that life in that village, even if it's not where you come from, you just have a discovery of the, all the senses in the markets. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing. Then would be having a nice lunch and preferably, obviously, with the family, but that means uh, a long lunch. Mm-hmm. You know, a lunch in France is a long lunch. So you start at 12 and having all the different steps. I love that. The steps in the lunch. Uh, that means starting with the aperitif and then going, having your starter and then your man and then you have a little break and then you have <laughs> your cheese, another little break and your dessert and then another little break and your coffee. And so it's, I love that. It's like an yeah. event. Yeah, it's an event. <laughs> but it's relaxing and you do nothing and you just talk and you're there with your close friends or your close family or both of them. And then after that, I guess you need to digest a bit. So uh, a little walk or a little visit somewhere, you know. I miss, I guess I miss the museum and the beautiful things you see in mm. France. You know, mm. A nice castle or just walking around somewhere beautiful. I love the way you say that. Or just a nice castle or a museum, like they're on every corner. But over there they are on every corner. Yeah, it's probably what I miss is those old buildings. Mm. I think because I've always been surrounded all my life and my childhood with nice buildings Mm. until I was, you know, at university because even being at the Sorbonne, you know, these buildings, it's all Mm. around you. So I miss a little bit of that. So having a nice relaxing stroll somewhere Mm. and then um, finishing up, I guess, with a bistro dinner, with a nightlife, you know, with a nice bistro and a noisy environment with a you know a steak frites or something typical you know right. yeah so that's I guess it's it's the typical day the typical and perfect day and I think that that is really common for most people when I ask them that question for their day that is perfect for them in France anywhere in France is to be revolving around the food It is always Mm. about the food. Like with you, it's the lunch and then it's the bistro dinner. And yeah, there might be dancing and nightlife. And it's, but it's all about the social activity and then the food and then a bit of the culture as well. So that I think is what most Francophilers are dreaming of doing is getting back to France and having a day that resembles just what you described, I think. It sounds like mm. a perfect day to me. I'd be right in there. So you run a French language school, a French journey, which is actually more like a family, really, I think. We have all travelled together. We have French movie nights, special nights with French speakers and products to highlight like wine or foods. Tell us a bit about a French journey because I have been going there for, you know, I don't know, almost 10 years, I think. And it is something that people who are just starting on their wish to become more immersed in French culture and language would benefit from, as well as someone like me who've made lifelong friends there. Tell me a bit about the way you see it. 
Yes, well, a friend journey, I guess it's called a friend journey mm. uh, for a reason as well, um, kind of started in 2008. So in 2008, uh, it's nearly 13 years now, mm. um, I think I was missing, after seven or eight years in Australia, I was already missing France a lot. Mm. Uh, I already had two children and had a great life. I'm not, But uh, I was missing the lifestyle. I was missing all of the things I was just describing before. Mm. And I came up with this idea. I had some friends here, French friends as well, and we all shared the same uh, nostalgic, I guess, of, of France. And I love teaching. So I thought, oh, I could link that lifestyle, all these elements I was missing, with the language teaching. So I used to uh, love teaching anyway, and teaching was, for me, a way of learning the culture as well. So you can't just disconnect a language with where it comes from. So basically for me, learning a language was understanding the reasons for doing things in a certain way for, you know, just for me, it was just inclusive of all these elements. So the food, the the way people behave, the way people think. And that's why I think I created French Journey to actually make me feel closer to my Mm. home place. So I included, I started developing some programs where learning uh, the French language was linked with maybe different regions. And I actually worked at the travel programs where I made some sort of virtual journey into France. And I actually included all the language elements within the journey. And that connected really well in what I wanted to do. I had an idea, but, you know, it just started developing this way. So I created French for Foodies. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the very first program I had 10 years ago or more, where we taught the students to to read recipes in French, the importance of food, en fait, going to the market. So that was the very first program. Then we did Travel French. So Again, that was a program to learn about the different regions. So for me, learning the language was like a book, if you want, with different chapters. Why? I had a book and I wanted to actually go through all the different cultural chapters of that book. I found I started with the French for travel and then just moved into like intermediate French and then into other, you know, more advanced French lessons. And you've been so good at fashioning what we need to our own particular circumstances. I remember one day that back in 2015, I mentioned that trip that I did with lots of my family and we came and did an immersion day with you and we had a full lunch and we had activities and we did all of the courses for the meal and people learned how to buy a ticket and how to go to the shops and we set up a pretend shop and it was just so good to do that for people who had no French. So you know, running that for your current students to be able to do something like that as an extra that we, you know, came for an extra day was just amazing. Very hard to find that kind of arrangement anywhere, really, but something that we all treasured. And it was a way of my whole family starting to get together to be so excited about our French trip we were about to take. But we also were doing it together. And you facilitated that so beautifully. It's always done 
every time we, we come together, it's done in a way that really focuses on what our own personal needs are. And I love that. And during COVID, we changed our lessons to be online and you have shared some wonderful insights into French places that have just made my heart sing during that time when I really needed it. I recall a lesson recently, actually, avec mon père aussi, where we talked about Mont-Saint-Michel, which is Papa's favourite, my dad's favourite place. And then he and I did a podcast about that too. So did you find people liked escaping like that with your lessons during this recent COVID period? Yes, I think we all needed to escape, yeah, mm-hmm. during this period. So uh, that was a, an amazing way to to actually think of something else and and just go, go travelling again, you know, because it's all about trying to to be there trying to to get that feel for France so uh yes naturally that was the way to to do it and we have so much online yes well hopefully we're coming out the other side now in Australia but as we have listeners right around the world including France I'd like to send our love a bisou to all of the francophiles who are doing it tough at the moment now, one question I ask every guest on Little Bell's Francophiles is, what is your favourite go-to food the minute you arrive back in France? Because you just talked about how food is such a huge part of the culture. What is something that you like to order the minute you get back or perhaps that you like to cook at home? Uh, I guess apart from the bakery, because the first thing I do when I arrive in France is go to a bakery and have a croissant. <laughs> and then I always think of the dessert first. <laughs> So the well, dessert. well, we do have a little bit of cake or a petit dessert at, at, at the end of each lesson at a French journey. So there's a bit of a theme, I think. So I actually order my food according to the dessert I'm going to find on the menu. Oh, anyway, so that, that dessert is has to be profitable. And profitable here, I find I got so disappointed because I didn't realise there was a different way of doing the profitable. And here I would find it in Australia with cream. So for me, the profitable, it's like the ice cream, the contrast between the ice cream and the hot chocolate. Oh. And that's a big thing for me. So when you go to France, the profitable, it's always ice cream inside and then hot chocolate on top. So that contrast uh, with the shoe is, wow, it's, it's just one. I have never but, had that. Really? Oh, my God. I have to... Um, I have to cook some for you. Why? Next to the face. Yes. But so profitable is one thing. And then I guess I am quite classic. So I do like the steak, steak au poivre, mm. you know, a good steak au poivre in a bistro. That's with a nice little scene uh, fries. That's, that's always a hit. But uh, I also like all tomato because being, I guess, brought up a bit in the South, you know, tomato and a good ratatouille mm. is amazing. I do make this at home as well, the ratatouille, and all stuffed tomatoes or, you know, vegetables. Oh, the, um, the tomato farci. Tomate farci, aubergine farci, courgette farci. Mm. This is a real souvenir from my childhood. We used to eat this a lot. So right. I, I do I do cook this at home as well, a lot. Just simple things, actually. Right. Or figs. Figs, because that reminds me of what we used to pick up fresh figs from the tree oh. uh, from my grandmothers, and that was the most beautiful uh, flavour. And I love fresh fig. One of my favourite meals that I had in France was with Paul, my partner Paul, when we were in Gord, and we had fresh figs that we picked off the tree from a 
vineyard that we'd stayed at the night before and they told us, please take all the figs. They're so ripe. They're falling off the tree. So we took the figs. We had a chevre that we'd bought at the market that morning and a baguette. And we sat there in gourd and just looked over the cliff at the beautiful valley below us and just ate fig with chevre and baguette. And it was one of the best meals we have ever had in France. It was so divine. Exactly, absolutely, with a with a nice glass of wine as well. Oh, to the fact, <laughs> way, of course. Now, one other question we always ask for every guest of Lula Bell's Francophiles is, do you have any French music to share with us? Um, plenty of music, wow. but there's one music that actually, especially at the moment, that really is connecting with me is I know Souvenir. From this band, it's a band of three friends called mm-hmm. Les Trois Cafés Gourmands. Mm-hmm. So um, it's a very joyful, very nice, just vibe about the family, the friends, going back to the country place where they grew up and simple life, just happiness and being together. It's a lovely, lovely song. So uh, this one is Anno Souvenir, but they have quite a few songs and they all have similar vibes. So they all, yeah, I don't know how to say it, but it's, it's kind of showing the lifestyle of a lot of people trying to go back and reconnect with their friends and their family and their all country place. So that's why it's coming out. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Well, we will listen to that right now. The one of your favourites by Trois Cafés Gaumont. And I will place the link for that song and a couple of their others on the Lulabelle's Francophiles website, as well as for A French Journey. So merci beaucoup, Natalie, for your time today and for sharing your love of France with me over the last decade or so. C'est toujours un délice. Toujours. Merci. Merci beaucoup, Lou. Merci. C'était un plaisir d'être. Au revoir et à bientôt. Au revoir. Comment puis-je oublier ce coin de paradis, ce petit bout de terre où vit encore mon père Comment pourrais-je faire pour me séparer d'elle Oublier qu'on est frère, belle Corrèze charnelle Oublier ce matin que tu es parisien, que t'as de l'eau dans le vin, que tu es parti loin Ce n'était pas ma faute, on joue des fausses notes on se trompe de chemin et on a du chagrin On se joue tout un drame, on a des vagues à l'âme Tu as du mal au cœur, tu as peur du bonheur Acheter des tableaux et des vaches en photo C'est tout ce que t'as trouvé pour te la rappeler Vous me trouvez un peu con, n'aimez pas ma chanson Vous me croyez bizarre, un peu patriotard Le fruit de ma réflexion ne touchera personne Si vos pas ne résonnent jamais dans ma région C'est pire qu'une religion au-delà d'une confession Je l'aime à en mourir pour le meilleur et pour le pire Et si je monte au ciel, il y aura peut-être Joël Guillaume et Jérémy et mon cousin Pidri Johan sera en voyage dans un autre pays Allez fais tes bagages, viens rejoindre tes amis On veut du
maison qu'à d'être avec vous ce soir. J'ai le cœur qui pétille, Mimi sert nous à boire, on a les yeux qui brillent. That was Trois Café Gamond avec their song A No Souvenir. That is one of my Bellamy Natalie's faves as it reminds her of her childhood and happy times in little French villages. The film clip is wonderfully sweet and depicts this memory of Natalie's so beautifully. This band is originally from central France, but they have a very Mediterranean sound. Sometimes I forget that France is so close to all these other amazing cultures too. In one of their other songs, Ainsi va la vie, Spanish and even Greek influences shine through. So if you're missing travel in rural France, I highly recommend the film clip for that song as it shows the band members packing up and leaving the city for the simple and beautiful rural French life with amazing scenery, gorgeous village life, old buildings and rivers with their stunning pont on Sienne. I will place the links for both these songs on the Little Bells Francophiles website. You will also find there a recipe that I will dig out for the traditional profiteroles that Natalie described with ice cream inside, shoe pastry and hot chocolate sauce over the top. Sounds magnifique. So, c'est tout et c'est la fin aujourd'hui. That is all for another Little Bells Francophiles episode. I am so loving hearing from Francophiles that you are enjoying being transported to France with me. To be notified when new episodes are released, subscribe on your favourite podcast platform or follow Little Bells Francophiles on Insta and head to the Little Bells Francophiles website as your place to stay connected to our fave destination, France. Au revoir, mes amis, et à bientôt.